Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Hey, listen, turn to somebody, give them a high five, and tell them Jesus is on the throne. Amen? Come on. We're declaring it all morning. We've been speaking it. We've been singing it. He is good. Amen? All right, I only got about three amens. Is he good? Amen. 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 He's good. Well, listen, for the last several weeks, um, I've been diving with you into God's Word, and we've been digging into this core idea that once I realize the immense value of Jesus, it will motivate me to worship God. Once my appraisal of God is accurate, His worth goes beyond calculation, right? I engage in worshiping God. That's really where it is. Once my head gets around that God is absolutely priceless in my life, that his value is immeasurable, you cannot measure it, that his worth is infinite, once I get to that place in my life, I will worship him. And and once that realization hits me um, that exactly who God is, you know, what once I get to that place where I spontaneously want to worship God because of who he is and what he's done and what he's going to do, once I get to that place, I need to know what worship should look like, right? Once you get to that place um, that, that I want to speak out or I want to do something for God, I want to worship him, what exactly should my worship entail? What should it entail and what should it not entail, right? How should I express my gratitude, my reverence, my love for God? What should that look like? Because there's more than one way um, to worship God. There's actually more than three ways to worship God. Well, when we come into a worship setting like this and we come into a worship service, a lot of times, right, we sing songs and we lift our hands. I did this morning because that's, we bow. Sometimes we bow our heads. Sometimes we bow our knee, uh, right, and we kneel before God. Sometimes um, we're walking and, and talking and saying things. And sometimes we just come, we sing, we hear the preaching, we pray, right, maybe lift our hand and we walked out the door and say, nailed it, right? We worshiped God. It was awesome. Right, uh, But is there more than one way to do that? How do I get this right all the time? What, what's the different ways we can worship? So this morning, I kind of really want to keep going along these lines of worshiping God and really talk about the ways that we can worship Him. When, um, uh, when I worship God, we want to engage in the right gestures and the right expressions of worship. I want to do it the right way. God's an amazing God. He's incredible. He's all-powerful. He's sovereign. When we worship God, I want to engage in the right gestures. Say gestures. And expressions. Say expressions. Expressions of worship. I want to express my worship in some manner that's going to be right. My worship um, to manifest in some gesture that's going to move towards God, and God's going to be pleased with that. Right? I want to show my gratitude in some way that is, is, that is visible and that honors him. I don't know about you, but I want to get this right before a holy and a righteous and an all-powerful God. The God who saved me from death, hell, and the grave and, and, and saved my soul and, and kept me from all that. I want to express to him, I want to do it in the right manner. I want it to be in a way that is pleasing. I want my gestures and I want my expressions to be right on cue with God. Because how many know gestures, uh, some gestures are not always appropriate, right? 
There are gestures out there that are inappropriate gestures. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever driven down the road and you've maybe accidentally cut somebody off in traffic and they give you a one-finger gesture, okay? Um, right? How many know that's inappropriate? And sometimes they don't do it with just one. They do it with two. You know, and it's an inappropriate gesture. There are gestures that are inappropriate, right? They, and listen, when they, when they give you the single finger gesture, they're not telling you you're number one, right? That is not a thumbs up kind of thing. It's inappropriate, right? Some gestures or expressions to God might not be the best. They might not be all that worshipful. You know, sometimes uh, we, do, we do these glib things with God, you know, we'll kind of just go by God and give him a thumbs up, right? Thumbs up, God. I love, I really approve what you did today. It was awesome, God. Now, if it's from a heart of worship and, and you really mean it, it could be one thing. But how many know that God's really not looking for my approval? I should be looking for his approval, right? Uh, I'm, a, I, I'm kind of more in this camp of like, I hope God gives me a thumbs up versus me giving him a thumbs up kind of thing, right? He's not really looking for my approval. I might not want to refer to God as the man upstairs. You might want to rethink that one just a little bit, right? First of all, he's not a man, okay? He, he's spirit. And second of all, um, he's the God of heaven of the universe. And, you know, sometimes we've got to think about those expressions because he's not the guy living up in the attic just waiting for you to call on him. Right? That's not who he is. He's not the guy. So it's a good thing to understand what's acceptable to God. What are the expressions and what are the gestures of worship that I want to give to God? And there's good news about this. There's many of them. There's lots. Because if you've been attending church very long, um, right, when someone says, let's go to a worship service, you're going to think of three, three or four things. You're going to think of preaching. You're going to think of singing. You're going to think of giving. And you're going to think of prayer. By the way, all four of those are amazing and they're good and you should engage in all those. But some of you out there don't really like to sing. All right, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know who you are. Because like when he's the singing part, you're like, how many? Some of you are just hummers, okay? You just hum for Jesus. You don't want to sing. You don't like sing. You don't got to sing. About how many are just humming for Jesus? I, I go by hummers all the time. They're just, going, they're just humming for Jesus, right? They're just, they're just kind of humming along. They don't really necessarily want to sing. And, and we want to know, like, you know, is it just the preaching? Is it just the singing? Is it just in giving? Is it just in prayer? What are the different ways um, we want to do that? Do we want to, uh, you know, some of, you, some of you'd rather sing. Some of you don't want to sing. Some of you'd rather sing. Some of you are like, I could just skip the preaching. Don't, please don't raise your hand or say amen to this, okay? But some of you be like, I could just skip the preaching. I could just praise Jesus all day long. Forget the preaching, all right? You know, and you might be thinking, what, how am I going to worship God? Some of you might get nervous about public prayer. Some of you are like, I am praying in front of nobody. I pray in my prayer closet. That's staying right there. All right, they don't want to pray in public. But what are the ways? What are the gestures? And it's not limited to just a few. It's not limited even to just what we do on Sunday mornings. That's part of it. It's part of the way we worship God. So if you got your Bibles this morning, we're going to go in the book of Psalms. We're going to jump around a little bit in Scripture. But I want you to go to the book of Psalms, and we're going to Psalms 150. And I'm going to start off with verse 1. Psalms 150, verse 1. And if you're listening online, we'll give you just a moment to get there in your Bibles. Uh, it's going to be on the screen for you as well as in the house this morning. But Psalms 150 and 1. And it says this, praise the Lord. Now listen, if I was in a Jamaican church, I don't know if you've ever been in a Jamaican church, but when somebody says praise the Lord, do you know what everybody else does? Praise the Lord. Yeah, they say praise the Lord. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Yeah, that was very Jamaican. Okay, all right, they do. They just do it. You say praise the Lord, they're going to they're going to echo it right back. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Right? That, to me, that when I read that, that's like praise God in the house and praise God out of the house, right? Praise Him in the sanctuary and praise Him out in the firmament, out in, out in the open air. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments. And the flutes command, we saw that all this morning, praise him with the loud cymbals. Come on, all you drummers. Amen. Praise him with the loud cymbals. Praise him with the clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The writer of Psalms was saying that praising God is worship. If you praise God with an instrument, you're worshiping. If you praise him with the dance, movement of some kind. It is worship. Praising God with singing. It's worship. Praising him with the stringed instruments. We heard the violin this morning. Ashley, where are you? Come on. She's playing the violin, right? With the loud cymbals, with the drummers. Jeremy was on the drums this morning. We had guitars going with the strings and the piano. Praise him. Speaking out to God with adoration, with reverence in some kind of praise, because praising God always equals worship. Know that. Speaking out to God in a, in a way that declares his majesty is always worship. Speaking about his mighty works, it's worship. Speaking about his mighty power, it is worship. Talking about his attributes, that is worship. Bragging on who he is and what he has done, it is worship. Declaring what the Bible says to somebody, that is worship. It is worship to God. Praising God. You praise with your lips. Point at your lips right now, okay? That's what you praise with. Right? Some of you do it with your fingers too. You're playing the instruments. Sometimes you do it with your body, but your lips praise, they speak. Adding music or dance to those declarations of praise equals worship. Anytime we open our mouths to declare God in a positive way to anyone or anything, anytime my gestures or movements move towards God and honoring him, praise equals what? Worship. Right? Because worship, praise and worship, how many know praise and worship go together like peanut butter and jelly? Come on, they do. It's like kings and queens. It's like coffee and cream. It's like Dunkin' and Donuts. I know they dropped the donuts, but I still like that, okay? It's Dunkin' and Donuts, right? Worship is our recognition of God's invaluable worth. That's what we've been talking about. That's what worship is. Praise is the verbal expression of that recognition, whether it's through music or with our words or whatever it is. It's making, it's making noise for Jesus. That's what it is. In some way, you're making noise. You're making a movement. You're doing something for Jesus. We recognize who he is, and we verbalize that recognition. Praise and worship, or worship and praise. We, we praise him in the house. We praise him out of the house. We worship him in the house. We praise him out of the house. We verbalize God in any and all locations. Do you know that every single place that your feet trod is an acceptable place to praise God? No matter what the world's telling us, right? They might want to shut down that we preach to people or talk to people in some way. But every place you go in public is a place to praise him. You can't stop our worship at home, in the store, right? You just praise him. You speak the name of Jesus. You heard it. You sang it this morning. 
when you're in a store, right, and you're at the school, you're at the university, you're at a sporting event, wherever your feet go, it's the right place to praise God. Because praise equals what? Worship. Praise every time. Every time. Praise equals worship. Every time. I highlight his amazing attributes. Every time. Praise equals worship. We should even praise him about the little things in life. Do you know that, that today you'll take approximately 23,000 breaths? I want you to do it right now intentionally. Breathe in. Breathe out. You'll do that about 23,000 times today. We should praise God in those little things. That process of inhaling oxygen into your body and carbon dioxide flowing out is a complicated respiratory task that requires physical, physiological precision in your body. We should praise him for that, right? We should praise him for one more breath. You, you've got one more breath. I, I remember many years ago, Dixie and I weren't married very long. We were married a few years. I don't remember how, how long. She's very better with dates than I am. But I, got, I came down with this virus, and it hit me all at once. And, and I, went, I remember going to this urgent care, and I went in, and what happened was I woke up, and my, my glands were swollen, almost like they were like a golf ball. They were super hard, swollen up. The glands under my arms were swollen up. I couldn't even put my arms down the whole way. And I thought, man, something's messed up. Something's wrong. You know, and I felt a little weird in my chest. So I remember going to, the, to, to this urgent care kind of place, and they went in, and they do what they always do. They listen to you. They weigh you, right? They tell you how much uh, I'm overweight and all that kind of stuff. And, and then... They listen to your chest, and they say you need an antibiotic, which they do for everything, all right? And, and I go home with this antibiotic, and I can't put my arms on. I'm like, there's something wrong. This is not right. I can't breathe. My neck hurts. My throat. So I just didn't, I don't even know if I got the antibiotic, but I remember looking in the phone book. How many remember a phone book, okay? <laughs> I, I looked in a phone book, and, and, and I found the first ear, nose, and throat specialist I could find, and I just called the number. And I remember it was Dr. Wolf, it was a, a lady doctor, and she said, meet me, I described what was going on, she said, meet me at the ER. As soon as we got to the ER, she checked me out, they, they admitted me immediately. They put me in a hospital wing that nobody else was in. And they put me down at the end of the line, I'm like, uh-oh, you know, and, and you know, because they were isolating me. And, and, and it turns out I had this undetermined virus. And by that point, by the time I got to the ER, my, my lungs had already diminished. They were only at 60% at that point, and they were failing. They were going. And I remember going to sleep that night thinking, I don't know if I have another breath. You know, you get 23,000 in a day, but I don't know if I'm going to get the next 23,000. I don't know if I'm going to wake up the next morning. How I, that's a sobering thought, amen? It really is. I thank God for breath. I thank God that he gave me. I worship God. Give me one more. God, give me another day. Give me another year. Give me another 10 years. Praise equals worship. It equals worship. Uh, and you need to understand, the enemy does not want us to engage in praising God because he knows it's worship to God. He knows that if you start praising God, you start lifting up the name of God, he knows that it glorifies God. He knows that it raises up God's name, and he knows things are going to start happening, right? And you can tell that the, the devil is serious about shutting this down. He's serious about shutting down our praise. He's serious about shutting down our worship. And, and, and here's one of the ways you can tell. Did you ever notice the people that don't follow Jesus, that don't love Jesus, that don't claim to, to um, Jesus in any way as Lord and Savior of their life, did you ever notice that they still use his name? You know, they don't use it like we use it. 
They use it in vain. They'll use it as a way to curse. They'll use it as a way uh, um, of cussing. They'll use it in some kind of derogatory manner, uh, uh, some manner, right, in some way. And you'll hear them call the name of Jesus Christ. And they're not using it for the, they're not praising God. They're not lifting it up. And somehow the enemy, and these people who don't even believe in Jesus, they don't believe that he's God. Somehow the enemy manipulates them into speaking about Jesus in a derogatory manner. You know why? Because if they would start to praise him, he knows what's going to start to happen. He knows if they start to praise him, if they start calling on the name of Jesus, that the gates of hell begin to shudder just a bit, right? The demons begin to flee. He knows that. And you can watch it over and over and again in society. I'll see it on TV. I'll hear it out in the streets. And they're using the name of Jesus Christ in a derogatory manner. And it's the enemy. It's the enemy working because he doesn't want you praising. He does not want you worshiping. Because when you begin to praise, when you begin to worship, when you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, things begin to shake in the spiritual. Things begin to happen in the spiritual. Acceptable worship is a verbal expression of lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. It's true. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, Therefore by him, it says Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Fruit comes from your lips. Expressions and gestures towards God. It praise comes out of our lips. Do you know that our mouth is either lifting him up or it's tearing him down or, or, or it's not doing anything at all? It's kind of like your car, <laughs> right? You get in your car this morning, if you put it in drive, it's going to go forward, right? It's going to kind of lift you up to wherever you're going to go. If you put it in reverse, it's going to take you backwards. If you put it in neutral, what's it do? Nothing, okay? It does nothing. You know, if you praise, if you start to praise God, it's going to begin to lift him up. And when he gets lifted up, he'll lift you up and and God will begin to work. If you if you start to speak the name of Jesus in a vain manner, it's going to move you backwards in the spiritual. It's going to put you backwards in a a place. And and if you don't do anything at all, guess what's going to happen? A bunch of nothing. You're going to be in neutral. Our mouths, our bodies, those strings, those instruments, we engage in expressions and gestures of worship because worship, praise equals worship, all right? How about another expression of worship? How about I give you something else to look at as worship this morning? James 1, 16 says this. He says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Let me say that again. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, say good gift, and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation of shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by his word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. When I use what God has gifted me with for a godly purpose, it is a spiritual act of worship. This is one we might not think of very often. We might not really, you know, you probably don't think about that when you're walking into church. When I use what God has gifted me with for a godly purpose, it is a spiritual act of worship. It really is. I've watched parents uh, sometimes of of children or teenagers, and and I I love these kind of proud moments I see with these parents. When, When God starts to use their child, and they start to use the gifts of God that God's put in their life and their, and their children. And, and all of a sudden, you just see them begin to use this gift. And it's for a godly purpose. And it begins to glorify God. And you see these parents, they almost want to bust. They're just like, ah! 
that's so awesome, right? There's like, yes, you know, they're, they're just, because it is, it's an amazing thing. And, and, and that's how God, that's worship to God. I don't know if you know that or not, but when you start using what God has gifted you with, when you start using, um, you know, what he's given you, do you know that that's your superpower? I don't know if you know that or not. That's your superpower. God has gifted each one of you with something. And, and when God's hand begins to get on that something, that gift that he's put in your life, and he begins to anoint that gift, and the Holy Spirit begins to use that gift for godly purposes, it all of a sudden becomes your superpower. You're not the super in it, right? You're just kind of using the gift, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit uses it. It is a superpower for his purpose, and it is worship. It is spiritual worship. Let me reread James 1.16 again. Do not be deceived, my beloved brother, for every good gift, and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation of shadow or of turning. So the gifts come from God, right? It, it comes from the Lord. Now he begins in 18, of his own will he brought. So he's talking about gifts and then he starts talking about you. Of his own gift, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be kind of first fruits of his creatures. You got to understand what the words say in there. First fruits, uh, that goes back into the Old Testament. That's a tithing principle. That's a piece of the whole. It's 10%. That's what tithe means. First fruits, when we give first fruits, we give our first and we give our best to God. It's the first 10% that we give to God. And it's a piece of the whole. It's that 10%. And we're kind of, the word of God says that we're kind of his first fruits of creation. Us as people, we're kind of his first fruits. We're kind of a chip off the old block kind of thing, right? God created us. And to understand where I'm going with this, you got to go back into Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And it says, so God created man in his own image. How many know an image is a reflection of, right? It's an image of something. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we are an image. We are a first fruit of creation. We are kind of a chip off the old block of God, right? And how many know God's extremely gifted? Anybody figure that out? As a matter of fact, he has them all, right? There is no gift that he doesn't. He has gifts that we can't even dream up. And, And he's got all these things. And you were made in his image. You were made as part of a first fruits of his creation, a kind of first fruit first fruits the word of God says and in him and and what he does is he gifts you a small fraction of something of who God is he places in you he puts it inside of you and when you begin to use that something whatever it is that God has placed in you and the word and the Holy Spirit comes upon it it becomes a superpower and when you begin to use that for godly purposes it is worship I think, I think God stands. I think Jesus smiles. I think they lean back. They kind of bust just a little bit when you start using whatever God's gifted you with for godly purposes, and they see that unfold. I love this illustration. It's in Exodus chapter 3, and it really kind of describes what I'm talking about here. Exodus 31 and 1 says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called Basileel. Now, Basileel, we're going to hear about his gift, right? The son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Now, listen, this is Old Testament. You got to go into the New Testament, the second book of Acts, before the Holy Spirit falls and fills all the believers. But back in the Old Testament, this man, Basileel, is filled with the Spirit of God and in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manners of workmanship to design artistic works 
to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manners of workmanship. And I, indeed, I have appointed with him Aholib, the son of Ashma, of the tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tabernacle of meeting. Listen, Jesus, or the father was instructing Moses on the tabernacle. He was to build the tabernacle. And he says, I want you to get Basileel. I have gifted him with something. He can work with wood. He can work with metal. He can work, he can work in all these different arts. And I'm going to put the spirit of God upon him. And it's going to be his gift. And he's going to build the temple and the temple and its utensils and the pure gold lampstand with all its utensils and the altar of incense and the altar of burnt offering and all the utensils and the laver and its base and the garments of ministry and the holy garments for Aaron and the priests. They had all kind of ornaments on those garments that were done in stone. And, and it goes on and on. It talks. Basileel's superpower was God had gifted him with craftsmanship. And he said, I want you to use it for my purpose. I want you to use it. And when you use it for my purpose, it's going to be your superpower. People are going to notice what you do. And it's going to bring glory to me. Not to yourself, but to me. It was his superpower. It is worship. When your gift, and God has given every one of you gifts, when you use that gift in some manner for God, now, that, that might get used out in the marketplace. You might be out in the marketplace, and you're going to use your gift. Do you, you know you should be the most diligent, most uh, uh, impressive employee somebody has? When you're doing your work, the Word of God says you should do it unto, as unto the Lord. And you know what happens? The Holy Spirit comes upon your work, the gifting that's in your life, and all of a sudden, somebody takes notice of what's going on. They're like, this isn't the same as anybody else. I can't figure it out. Can't put my finger on it. I don't really understand why, but there's just something different here. There's something about what they're doing. There's something about the gift that they're... I know other people got that same kind of gift, but it's not the same. It's their superpower, and it's worship to God. Amen? Nobody thought of that this morning, did they? Ha! It's worship. It's worship. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask that the praise team would come. I, I witnessed just a little bit of this this week at VBS. As Pastor Andrew led his team to do VBS and minister to children here in the house, I watched all the different team members, and I watched as they used their gift. And, and all kind of giftings took place, uh, you know, anything from the crafts and the snack and, and, and ministering to the kids and, and in all these different ways, began to watch that take place. And I could see their superpowers, right? I could see God's hand using the gifting in their lives as they ministered to somebody else. And it's amazing. I, I was a little bit like those parents. I was just kind of busting a little bit. You know, I was like, this is so, this is so cool to see what God's doing in their lives. We speak praise. But it's the gift of God that he's given you that you turn over to him and figure out how you're going to use that for his purpose and for his plan. Amen? Amen. It happens with business owners. It happens with craftsmen. It happens with nurses and doctors and, and wherever you're at. Stay-at-home moms. Wherever you're stationed at, use your gift. Let God use that because it's worship. How, how many enjoy when your child, you give them a gift and they use the gift. How many of you are pretty thrilled when you buy a gift, especially if it's expensive? All right. 
<laughs> you buy that expensive gift at Christmas, and the kid just sets it aside and never uses the gift. You use that thing, right? Mom and dad are just like, yeah, that's awesome, right? It's the gift of God. It's worship. It's worship. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm ask you to come forward this morning. Just step out. We're just going to pray together up here. Just, you need to move a little stretch. I've had you sitting a little bit. Just make your way up forward here. As you walk forward, I want you to, I want you to first of all to understand praise, all right? This is something that comes out of our lips. So we're going to give God praise. We're going to sing together. We're going to praise him in song. And if you don't like to sing, hum. <laughs> Jesus is okay with that. All right, come on, move up. Move up so everybody can get up here. Y'all just stop about halfway. I don't know why. I can't even figure it out. I'm going to put a red light or a green light in or something. I don't know. Move up just a little bit. Nobody wants to get too close. I know this is a spin zone. But um, if I start preaching again. He's gifted every one of you. You should praise him for that. Some of you, some of you don't think you're gifted, by the way. And first thing you need to do is understand that he has gifted you. He never leaves anybody out in that. You just got to find what that gift is, and you got to begin to use that for his purpose and his plan, wherever you're at, wherever God's planted you, wherever circles you're in with that, what he wants to use that gift. And we need to praise him, all right? So we're going to sing first, and then we're going to pray. And I am not going to sing. They shut my mic off with that. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Cause I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name.
thinking, maybe the next time you hear somebody take Jesus' name the wrong way, maybe you ought to just stop and tell them about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stop and say, hey, let me tell you a little bit about who you're talking about right there. Because you don't understand. You don't get it, right? Speak something, speak something positive to his name. Speak something that will lift him up in that place. But I want to pray for you this morning. We're going to do two things. I want to pray over you. I want some of you, look, I want you to start thinking about that gift that God's given you, those gifts. It's probably plural, by the way. All right? I want you to look for those gifts. And I want you to engage those and see what God does. All right? Turn them over to God. Give them to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to cover those gifts. Say, I want you to come in. I need you to anoint my gift. When you talk about anointing in the Word of God, the oil of anointing, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. It's kind of synonymous, all right? He's the one that anoints. So ask for that anointing on that, all right? And then after that, after we pray along those lines, um, I feel really led and compelled to pray for people that need healing this morning. Uh, I, want, I want anybody that needs healing, step forward, all right? They, they left a nice gap here for you. You can just, <laughs> I want you to step forward. We're going to pray for you. And, and I want the saints to gather in behind them because we're going to pray for healing. And, and that could be physical healing. That could be financial healing. That could be healing of any kind. Uh, but I want, I want to do that. But I want to pray a prayer over you first about your gift, all right? I want you to bow your heads right now. God's gifted you. He's gifted you. And your spiritual act of worship is using that gift for his glory, for his purposes, wherever you're at. Father, we come before you right now. I thank you for each one that's in the house. I thank you for those who are listening online. God, you've given gifts. The word of God declares that all through the New Testament. Holy Spirit, you give gifts. Some of those gifts are empowered by you, and some of those are, are talents and abilities that are placed in our lives. And God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just move, and God, that those giftings, God, would be used for the kingdom. God, I pray, Lord, that they would be birthed, and Lord, that we would hand them over to the Holy Spirit, and his anointing power, his presence and power would come upon it, and God, it would bring glory and honor to you. And God, that it would become a superpower in their lives. Not for, not for our sake. God, not to lift up our name, but God, to lift up the name of Christ. Lord, that men might see your good works and they might glorify God. That's what the word says. So Lord, I pray that. I speak that now. Lord, birth something in a heart, Lord. Some, some small thing that they thought was trivial and they thought was not a gift. And Lord, right now you're speaking in their lives and they're realizing that they have something that can be used for you. It could be a small thing. It could be a creative thing. It could be a, a, an ability, a, a heart to do something. Maybe they see things like nobody else sees things. God, whatever that gifting is, God, use it. Lord, let them turn it over to you right now. God, God, I pray in their hearts and minds, they literally physically see themselves turning over to Holy Spirit. I say, use this in my life for your kingdom. And I give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. It could even be an interest you have. Do you know that? God could use that very interest. I've seen, I've seen ministries birth out of crazy stuff like hunting and fishing and just you name it. And God uses it, all right? Let him use it. to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.